Welcome to Life on the Hill. If this is your first time joining us, this podcast is intended for Hamilton College students in the Hamilton College community to stay up to date on things that are going on around campus and to hear the voices of people committed to the success of Hamilton College students. My name is Travis Hill and I'm the host of this program. In this episode, we'll hear from Andrew Jillings, Director of Outdoor Leadership. So thanks for joining me, Andrew. Thanks for having me. And you look very dapper this morning. Thank you very much. Very I'm sure that translates, um, that translates well on a podcast. I, I feel like they, people should know this. That you've made the effort and <laughs> well, I haven't. You look lovely. What are you talking about? Well, yeah. So there's so many things that you do here and you've been here for quite some time. And I'm going to rudely ask you to relatively focus our energy on a particular topic. That... Mm-hmm. Well, I shall do so rudely then. Okay, perfect. Good. That, that's the goal. Good. This is going to be this grand. This is going to work out great. <laughs> yes. So we are in... Mid-October, which mm-hmm. means winter is nearly upon Winter us. is coming. And so we have some students who this will be their first time experiencing winter, other students who have been here in the past and kind of know what to expect. I would like to start with, how do you, how would you describe your relationship with winter? Well, I, I grew up with a different winter myself, coming from the south of England. Mm-hmm. I remember it snowing a couple of times a year. Mm-hmm. I remember it snowing a lot once in what the what central New Yorker would consider a lot of snow. Uh-huh. But it was never that cold. It never got um, much below freezing. Mm-hmm. But the humidity and the wind that comes with living near the ocean makes it feel much colder mm. than it is. Okay. And so it was a shock to me when I moved here. I remember my first winter, my first Christmas up north, mm-hmm. and there was frost on the windows, on the inside of the windows. Uh-huh. And I thought, this is different. Yeah. Um, and the temperature was, was down in single digits. Fahrenheit. So it's a shock to many people, I think. Um, And even some people who grew up here just don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's your relationship with it now, now that you're experiencing it? Now I embrace it wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. I love winter. Um, Could it be my favorite season? No. But it's it's in my top four, certainly. (laughs) That's good. Um, That's good. It's on the podium. Do you have more than four? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because there's there's mud season, for instance. Ah. You get mud season at both ends of winter. We're just coming into mud season now. Sure. Um, And so I feel like that that is a fifth season that is split by true winter. Mm -hmm. Okay, so mud season does not make the top four list. No. And I like how your podium has at least four slots. It does. Uh, I'm very generous with my medals. I see that. And we're going down to fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Would, would you like to share what metal that would, is? Would. Would? Yes. Okay. So it's not even a metal. It's, it is. You, yeah. I mean, it's I've a. I've won many a wooden a, medal, it's Travis. It's a metal. It is not a metal. <laughs> Correct. Got it. Thank you. It's, it's a season of opportunity. There's a lot to be done compared to how it appears. Mm-hmm. I think people look at it as this thing to survive and, yes. and at the very least something to nice to look at out the window but not to interact with. Uh, so, yeah, I like winter. Um, I like playing outside. I think a lot of it has to do with, with attitude and clothing. Uh-huh. And if you can control one um, completely, and you can control the other mostly. Yeah. Um, so you can completely control your attitude to winter. Yeah. You can say, it's going to be a fine day. It's just cold. It will be worth it because I can do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And you can control your clothing pretty well to take care of that. So... Between those two, you can really interact well with winter and um, make something of it. Yeah. So tell, let's talk about the clothing piece. We sure. have some students who 
have no idea what they should have or maybe have nothing because of a practical nature yes. or because of a financial nature. So yes. I want to talk about both pieces. Yes. And then we have other people who have been here before and they may just not be doing it properly. Yes. I'll give you a choice. Yeah. Travis, would you like to start from top down, bottom up, or inside to outside, or outside to inside? Wow. It's more of a psychology test for you. You were not expecting this. I was not. I'm going to go with bottom up, though. We're going to go I'm... from bottom up. Yes, please. Okay. Let's start with footwear. Yes. Um, it's important to have footwear. Yep. Um, boots. It's important to have something that goes above your ankle, yep. especially in those shoulder seasons and in that slushy season yep. where it just campus just gets messy sloppy yeah um fm facilities management can't do everything all at once and so you're going to go to class on a sloppy pathway mm -hmm. so something that goes above your ankles is going to help a lot you yeah. can get away with sneakers but it won't be any fun yeah something that's waterproof um is is a good idea mm -hmm. so you can get rubber boots you can spend a million dollars on a pair of green and pink hunter boots mm -hmm. with a little label on the back yeah or you can buy something from the agway for 15 dollars, and uh -huh. they work exactly the same yeah one is very fashionable and the hunty boots are okay i guess yeah. i would say so it's up to you uh, how you deal with that but something that makes your feet more waterproof is going to last you all day did you say agway has them Agway's got rubber boots. Like so Agway is down the street from the post office? Or across from the school. Or across from the next, not Just around the corner from the Dollar General. Yep, yep. Yeah, and the then corner. other places that you would recommend people look for boots? There's got to be something in the mall probably. Um, so going up from plastic rubber boot, yep. your Wellington boot, or welly as we say, where I come from, uh -huh. your wellies, uh -huh. um, then you might want to look at a sort of a, a hiking boot type of a thing. Yep. Um, and you can get those from Dick's Sporting Goods in the mall, yep. where the where the van goes. I'm always loath to get boots off the internet because yeah. you never know if they're going to fit. Sure. Then you have to the hassle of sending them back, and all the packaging that's involved in one way and the other seems to be a bit of a drag. Um, if you want to spend a bit more money, if you want to get a pair for life, uh, then your LL Bean boots are a solid choice. Yeah. So we're working our way up. What so we've else? got our boots. We're going to have our, our wool socks inside, uh, nice thick fluffy socks. And then as far as pants are concerned or um, some sort of leggings, um, anything thick is going to keep the wind off. It makes a big difference, even thick stockings. If it's really cold outside, you can put stockings underneath um, your pants, uh -huh. um, and that's something that I do sometimes. Yeah. I have a sort of running tights kind of thing. Uh -huh. uh, but something like that, your underarmers or whatever, uh -huh. um, underneath your pants, yep. and that those two layers will, will, will do really well. Coming up, um, I've got a th lots of layers on the top, and I think that's key, lots of layers. Partly because layers are the most efficient way to uh, keep heat in, uh -huh. um, and that's what we do in the on wilderness trips. But also because if you're going from door, hot dorm room mm -hmm. through the cold Martin's Way to a hot classroom, yeah. um, then you're going to need to pull the layers on and off at sure. both ends. Um, and so finishing up with a layer that you can sit in class is really important. Yeah. So a few layers is, uh, are good. I'll have a windproof layer on top. That's really important. And then some warm layers. And then a thin layer underneath that you can strip down to um, for classroom. But also is a thin layer that will allow moisture um, and heat to move out through it. Okay. So we talk about three layers in, in packing for wilderness trips for Adirondack Adventure or for an outing club trip. 
your wicking layer uh-huh. is your layer next to your skin, and it moves your sweat away, and it provides um, a comfortable layer. And then a warm layer, fleeces and whatever else you've got, wool um, down if you have it. And then a windproof or waterproof layer. And even in the winter when it isn't raining, wind is the most important thing to battle. And it could be the wind blowing around or it could be you making wind by moving. Sure. So a windproof layer on top is key. I think that's sometimes the bit that people forget. Sure. And then up from there? And then up from there, uh, up and out from there we'll go. Okay. We'll go up, we'll jump to the head, so yep. a hat of some kind, or if you've got more hair than me, i.e. everyone, um, <laughs> then then something on your head. Wrap mm-hmm. a scarf around if it's super cold. Mm-hmm. Put something on your head to block the wind off and to keep the heat in. Yep. And then try and get as much of it on your face as you can. We lose a lot of heat out of our faces because mm-hmm. we have a lot of muscles there, sure. small muscles and a lot of blood close to the surface so we do want to keep the face warm but then two key areas i want to talk about are the neck actually we lose a lot of heat through your neck that's where you take your pulse right you put your fingers and you can feel your artery so an artery is supposed to be in the middle of our body it's got the hottest blood heating up the rest of the body and yet we can feel it from the outside so that's a bad place um, for heat loss Uh so some sort of neck gaiter or wrapping a scarf around your neck or doing your jacket up up to your neck, up under your chin, is a really good thing. The other place we take our pulse is our wrist. Uh-huh. And actually, wrists and hands are important to keep warm as well. Sure. So gloves, pair of socks, sticking your hands in your pockets, putting your hands back up and inside your sleeves. All those things are good to protect fingers, which we might need later. Any recommendations? We talked about variance financially around boots. Mm-hmm. Do you have any recommendations about coats or other... Gloves, hats, things mm-hmm. that people should consider in terms of mm-hmm. cost? Uh, the Goodwill. I, there's tons of stuff in the Goodwill, especially in this part of the world. The Goodwill in Utica is closed right now. Is it? They moved it because they're building the hospital there. Uh-huh. So I, I think they're in the process of moving it. But the one in Rome, which is better anyway, okay. uh, has tons of fleas. We actually buy fleas for the outing club from the Goodwill in Rome. Okay. We need lots at a short notice. And you get very nice stuff. I mean, there's there's every brand that you can imagine. So it, it, there's no stigma. You can walk out perfectly attired. That makes sense. And so if you're a student who financially you just don't have the capacity and you need a ride to the Goodwill, mm-hmm. there's a variety of offices that I'm confident would help. Yeah. Folks in the Dean of Students office, you can contact me, Travis mm-hmm. Hill, in the Dean of Students office. The fo- I imagine Paola in the Days Masola Center, Maria Hanna-Ohms in the Dean's office, any number of us, uh, mm-hmm. Noel and Katie in student mm-hmm. activities. If you are in a spot where you don't have the means and you don't have a ride mm-hmm. to the Rome Goodwill, we can arrange that for you. Or if you are someone who financially is in need there's also c's which stands for student emergency assistance another word and an s yeah that any number of those same people or folks in financial aid and whatnot can help you to know if you are eligible to request funds to buy new clothes and they will help you identify what clothes Mm -hmm. make sense Mm -hmm. and my friend Andrew here can even be part of that Mm -hmm. if need be and has been in the past I have been in the past I will add that the naming of C's if if 
we they could go back and rename it would probably take out the word emergency right um because it implies that it's only for the very short-term very dire situation of i need this thing or i need to go a place right and it it it's a little more long-term than that i think i think that word can move people away and it shouldn't right um right so i i would say you know not having the ability to get a warm clothing for the winter is an emergency Agreed. Um, Agreed. it just doesn't have the connotations of short term absolutely so if you're coming from a place where you don't have those things you need those things please ask I know it's not always easy to do that but we're here for exactly that mm -hmm. and we definitely don't want people putting themselves at risk so we've been talking a lot about clothes which is important and mm -hmm. part of the goal but let's talk about the opportunity that winter brings I mean that's kind of your specialty or one of your specialties right is to help people take advantage of winter Yes, it's, winter is not to be hidden from. We all know the dangers of staying inside for too long and for being cooped up and for having ourselves limited by that. There's always room for anyone to come on the winter camping trips from the Arctic Club. Um, we have a lot of winter clothing in the Glen House. We are able to take eight or ten people and equip them top to bottom in all the clothing that's needed to camp out in sub-freezing conditions. Many of us love winter camping and like it more than summer camping. It's quiet. There are many fewer people around. It is beautiful. We tend not to go as far. It's not such a movement-oriented thing. We tend to eat a lot more food and drink a lot more hot chocolate and sit around a lot more and talk and find things to do and a lot more sleep. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not doing winter camping, you can still get outside and walk around a bit. Get, get all your layers on, get your windproof especially layers. Be ready to strip down if the sun's coming out and it's hot and bundle up if it's cold and just walk around outside. Um, do all the, the walking that you would normally do. Um, don't just walk to the fitness center, get on a treadmill and walk back again. You can still run outside. There's plenty of places to run. We've got the trails uh, in the glens. We're going to be grooming for cross-country skiing so you could learn to cross-country ski in the winter, um, which is a great sport, which is one of the, one of the reasons I like cross-country skiing is that it is the hardest sport there is in any Olympic Games. The, the, the uptake of oxygen per minute is higher than any other sport, um, so you can get very exhausted cross-country skiing, or you can just cruise around. It's a little, a little bit more than walking, so it's got a little bit for everyone. And you have all the equipment for that too? We do. We have two kinds of skis for cross-country skiing. We have classic skiing, which is where the skis drop into little grooves uh -huh. in, and you sort of slide forward and back. And then there's skate skiing, which is a bit like what it sounds, which is you think about ice skating mm -hmm. and you're standing on thin metal things and you sort of push off sideways uh -huh. to get that forward momentum by zigzagging. Uh -huh. Each stroke, each leg pushes to the slightly to the side, but the, the sum, the average, is straight forward. So we just replace those little metal... Um, skates with long skis and you push off the edge of the ski and you slide sideways and you have poles and you push a lot off with the poles and skate skiing is really fun you go very fast um, you use a lot of upper body effort so it's an all-round sport what about uh, snowshoeing uh, snowshoeing is great because you can just put a pair of snowshoes on just about any pair of shoes hiking boots do better and then you can just walk wherever you like so we have 50, 60 sets of snowshoes, and on a big snowy day, you can come and borrow a pair for an hour, slap down your ID, and just 
put them on and go walking right off the back deck of the Glen House and down into the Glen. The good thing about snowshoes is you don't have to stick to the trail. You can walk wherever you like. And the nice thing about the Glens is they're relatively old forest, which means it's clear underneath and you can just set off in any direction and walk fairly easily through the forest. So snowshoeing is really fun. If you get lost, you just turn around and follow your footprints back. Sure. Genius. Right. Yep. Genius indeed. One other topic that popped into my head is, do you have any advice about if you've never driven in the winter before mm. in terms of strategies, practice, anything? Yes. Like Again, something that I had not done before I came to this country um, and something I hadn't done until I really lived up north. It's a whole new world and it's slippery mm-hmm. and it behaves differently and we just have to adapt to it. I'm a strong believer in taking your car, if you have a car, uh-huh. if you're unfamiliar with it, even if you're familiar with it, to um, a very large, un, unplowed parking lot, uh-huh. and um, just trying to not crash it. Uh-huh. Just get it up to speed and jam the brakes on, see what happens, uh-huh. how long does it take to stop. Do that while turning. Uh-huh. Work out what is going on with your car, and right. learn some physics. Yep. Um, be cautious with the lampposts yes. and any remaining parked cars. Yes. So a genuinely empty parking lot yep. that's the size of a football field will teach you more than 10 or 15 years of driving. Yep. will teach you. I think at the very, very least, everyone should know what ABS brakes feel like. Uh-huh. Because when you mash your foot on the pedal and the, the automatic, the anti-lock braking system kicks in, the pedal vibrates really fast. Uh It's putting the brakes on and off. It's locking up and releasing 15 times a second, which is something we can't do. We are not better than ABS, no matter who you are. But it feels really weird. And it's been known that people have engaged the ABS and then taken their feet off because they thought something was wrong. And then crash happens. So mash the pedal, take a corner and put the brakes on and see how it releases and starts to slide and then lift your foot up and feel how you get back into traction right your wheels do three things on your car they accelerate they brake and they turn and you can get them to do some combination of those but actually they're terrible at doing more than one at a time Uh they should really only do one thing at a time they should accelerate and they should corner but they shouldn't accelerate and corner they should brake and they obviously can't brake and accelerate at the same sure. time. But braking and cornering is also bad. Yeah. Um, and every year somebody finds that out on College Hill Road and they yeah. end up in, was it four College Hill Road or seven College Hill Road? That one on the corner uh-huh. with the bank in front? Yeah. Somebody ends up on top there yeah. because they try to turn the corner and put the brakes on. Yeah. It doesn't happen. So learn that in a big empty parking lot. Right. It's really interesting. Yeah, one of the most important lessons I've learned, and it is not a... This is not a hard and fast rule. Mm-hmm. It's just something to keep in mind is that your brakes are sometimes a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Using your brakes mm-hmm. is a poor choice yes. in some circumstances yeah. when you're sliding. And yeah. so, it, as you said, getting mm-hmm. some practice with that and mm-hmm. understanding the difference. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't have a choice. You need to use your brakes, but it doesn't always yes. help you. So you need to know how to turn the wheel yes. in those circumstances. The other thing I would add about winter driving is uh, snow tires. Yes. And this is perhaps something for... For students who are bringing cars, maybe from far away for the first time, and they're not sure if they need snow tires, you do. Yeah. Um, mixed tires, those sort of mud and snow, the in-between tires, no, they don't work as well. Yeah. And living on a hill as we do, 
you need to go back to whatever source you can of funding and say, I need snow tires. You take them on and you take them off. Yeah. And they go on in the uh, in December before it snows, yeah. if you can remember. Yeah. I always forget. Um, right. And then they come off during spring break. Yeah. Yeah, snow tires are far more important than than all-wheel drive because of braking as much as anything else and turning all-wheel drive helps in one of the three it helps in accelerating it doesn't help in turning doesn't help in braking Um, so you're only one out of three better snow tires are every single one of the three and you can get them pretty cheap um, and it's not like they it's an it's an initial cost but then you're just using them and not using your other tires. So eventually, they'll end up costing the same. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. This was fun. Well, thank you for asking me. It was a pleasure. That was Andrew Jillings, Director of Outdoor Leadership. In this episode, Andrew and I discussed C's, and unfortunately, we're not able to properly name it. So, as a correction, C's stands for Student Emergency Aid Society. If you are interested in learning more and understanding who at the college is a member of the C's committee, you can search for it on the Hamilton College website under the name Hamilton Student Emergency Aid Society or C's, S-E-A-S. There you can find the folks that you can contact to learn more and to inquire if you are eligible for funding. Keep an eye out for future episodes. This is Life on the Hill.